Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Talking About Birds, the only Cardinal podcast more meaningless than the last week of Cardinal baseball. My name is Nate Heininger, and I, I am joined, as always, by my co-host, Ben Samarka. Hi, everybody. And this week, we are going to be predominantly talking about the upcoming playoff series. If you have an idea for the opening joke, tweet us at Talk About Birds. All right, here we are, Ben. The Cardinals have played 161 games. We are recording yeah. right before the start of game 162. So uh, the Cardinals will end this season with either 93 or 94 wins, which I think exceeds all of our expectations even those of, of of us who believed that the cardinals would win the central i still think most of us were pegging it at 88 to 90 or so so uh you know 93 94 is a good symbol of how much this season was kind of above and beyond what we were expecting um but i think for today's episode except for a little bit at the end we're going to save a lot of the uh, sort of end of season retro recap observations uh, for a later episode because right now we've got some playoffs to talk about, baby. There's only one thing to focus on right now, Nady boy. <laughs> one thing. <laughs> Showing up early, staying yes. late, playing a hard each nine, other getting them in the back. Nicknames that end in Y. Yep. <laughs> that's what we're here to do that's why we're here so uh in the last week everyone's favorite team the milwaukee brewers were eliminated from the playoffs and um we finally you know it took a little while but we got our finalized uh playoff bracket and about an hour ago we finally got the times of the games uh for this for this weekend. Do you want me to start the episode off by complaining loudly? Is that, is that how we should get into this? Because the, the yeah. fact, okay, well, I, I was, <laughs> I, I'm happy to do that. That's so funny. Cause before we started recording, Mary was like, are you going to go down there and complain about the uh, start times? I go, yes, but I'm going to wait and I don't want to be a grouch <laughs> right off the top. So we I had this conversation five minutes ago before we hopped on here, but it's, Apps, oh, I am so displeased by the fact that 90%, no, that's that's probably aggressive. I'm going to say 80% of the people who will be wanting to watch this game are going to be at work during the start time. And actually the entirety of the game, this game starts at 11 for me. Yeah. Um, obviously, you know, they don't really care about the mountain time people because they're not very many of us, but this game starts at 11. It'll end during the workday. I don't know what I'm going to do. I don't exactly know how I'm going to watch it. I obviously have a job to do. Uh, so I am very, very annoyed by that. I also think what, I mean, what MLB 
thinks that they're doing is that they think they want to have every game kind of staggered. They're like two or three hours out from each other. And they think that a baseball fan is going to sit there and watch every playoff game. But we know for a fact that baseball is regional and some of them will like people like you and I will probably watch a lot of the games that are happening. But the majority of fans don't. So putting it on who who's going to that game, who's watching that game. This is a, a very exciting matchup. The Phillies and the Cardinals haven't seen each other in the playoffs for over a decade. Um, I, you know, I think you, you were obviously Cardinals fans are excited for all the million reasons we've talked about. Phillies fans are equally as excited because they haven't been here for a while. So that's very exciting. They've had a very tumultuous year, and I'm guessing half the fan base is going to just be screwed out of watching this game. So I'm very, very annoyed by that. And before you respond to that, I'm also very annoyed that we get Michael Kay and (laughs) uh, Alex Rodriguez announcing the three-game series. Why are those guys, like, did you watch those ESPN2 broadcasts on Sundays? They were horrible. They was like people... It was like if we podcasted over a baseball game on a total like non uh, uh, a tangential conversation while the baseball game was happening. So I'm a I'm annoyed, Nate. Well, I think that sounds like a great idea, by the way. So let's um, <laughs> we're going to I think it's time for us to branch out with new media types and we'll yeah. just start doing our podcasts over the broadcast but i think we should have the broadcast going in the background of us podcasting over top of another broadcast so real multimedia experience there but um yeah i mean you know i'll I'll echo your rant i I will be fortunate enough to likely be able to watch this game but besides the timing like we didn't find out until about what 48 hours before the start so even if you are in a uh have like pto or whatever like the odds of being able to put it in two days in advance is going to be uh, a struggle for a lot of people and i think you're right the intent is to have like a day of playoff baseball so like the sport is going all day the playoffs are the most exciting time and let's have this running all day but i think uh that is not how most people uh consume baseball i think this is one of the things where I I will you almost never catch me saying this, but like one of the things that I think football does that can be kind of interesting is having so many games happening at the same time and you're kind of flipping between and building excitement about the, the various outcomes. I, you know, I think that would work for early round uh, playoff baseball, because if we're going to expand it now to where there's so many games. Like I get it if it's the NLCS and the ALCS have like a three o'clock game and a seven o'clock game. Each of those games are incredibly consequential and it's down to only a few teams. So like you can, you know, you have a little bit more flexibility. The, 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 um, the group that is watching it pretty keyed in and you have more time to schedule for those sorts of events. But right now when there's, four round or four different series going at the same time um why not stack them all up or maybe like a uh five o'clock and a seven o'clock start or something where like at least people could get out of work early rather than have to like miss breakfast (laughs) yeah that so exactly what you just said if i'm a rays fan that lives in california that game starts at 1207 eastern time 
You are starting the day with what the MLB should be considered a premier event. And now I know it's the Rays and the Guardians and every a lot of people are going to be like, that's not a premier event. But for those fan bases, it is. And it is like you just said, like you're making your coffee and turning on a freaking playoff baseball. game. No (laughs) one is going to watch that. I mean, I I will be very curious to see what the attendance numbers are. I just think that that is absolutely asinine. Playoff baseball should be played at night. The other thing that drives me crazy about this schedule is that then they have obviously a whole Saturday and at least Saturday, most people or the majority of Americans have off work. That's a great day to just stack baseball all over the place. And then you have the Cardinals that aren't starting until 730. So it, I don't understand. They could have just swapped the scheduling there. I, I just, yeah, I don't understand. I don't understand. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I do. Th- I think you, you are right. Is the intent is that full days of, of baseball. It's, you know, playoff baseball, it's going all day. Um, but I think that just doesn't line up with most, with most people's actual lives who well, want to watch the game and work. If you care about the Rays and guardians game, it's very unlikely that you care about any of the other games. Maybe you care about the other AL game because you got, you know, blue Jays and Mariners. Maybe that's exciting, but like, yeah, I think they scheduled for like the 1% baseball fan and did not think of the majority. And I, yeah, I, yeah, I, I would love to watch the, I mean, you know, we're, we, we run a baseball podcast, so we're like yeah. super fans, you know, but I, I would love to have three or four of these games going at the same time. I've got the Cardinals that I'm watching every pitch. But, you know, there's a lot of downtime and it'd be awesome to be able to swip around and be like, oh, Vlad's up in the yeah. Blue Jays game. Let me go watch that at bat real quick yeah. or well, or whatever. I, I, that's a, another thing. The fact that, you know, even if you pay for MLB.tv, these games are blacked out. They should have like a playoff, like whatever the, the NFL the, Red Zone the Red channel. Zone. Yeah, yeah, they should have a version of that on the app, on the website. Um No, no, we know the best way to build a fan base is to stagger your uh, product across multiple different platforms uh, and multiple (laughs) different dates and times. That's why we release every other episode is available on one's available on Spotify. And then the next week, it's only available on Overcast. And then the uh, next week, it's only available on Alexa. Well, and then on, on the third Sunday, we do those private shows where it's just you and I, and we don't record it. But if you yeah. <laughs> happen to be in the room, you can hear it. Um, cat uh, that's my cat's favorite show. <laughs> another, just my final grievance on this. And this one isn't as bad that, and it, it will be my final grievance. Um, although Michael K and A-Rod can take a freaking hike. I, <laughs> why are, is it those two? I um, want a A-Rod and Edmonds booth. I just want those two. <laughs> I, honestly, I would at least uh, Jimmy is like knows what's going on with the Cardinals. Uh, Alex yeah. Rodriguez is going to read one uh, one sheet and then act like uh, he, you know, invented Albert Pujols or something like that. Yeah. But uh, an- another grievance I have is the Friday game is on ABC. The Sunday game is on ESPN. And if there is a third game or sorry, the Saturday game is on ESPN. If there is a Sunday game, it's on ESPN, too. And that is obviously not as annoying, but it's on three different channels over three. Di- like, I, what, what are they thinking? Yeah. How? <sighs> yeah, it's a mess. It's a mess. It's a mess. Well, I think, Ben, you're not considering the owners in this situation. Sure. Yeah, they should have just sold all the rights to Apple TV Plus and made us pay for them or something like that. That, yeah. that would have been the ideal scenario. I don't 
think you understand just how much money they make selling these <laughs> all, to all these different platforms. So, yeah. oh, and they have I'd, a whole new round too. So, I'd really, I think you need to take a step back and remember why we're all here, and that is <sighs> to serve the owners and their yeah. greedy, greedy little needs. <laughs> I. They, Dewitt, I, I, yeah, I Dewitt, should fall Dewitt, in line. Yeah, Dewitt yeah. needs another mansion in California. Of course he does. Yes. Yeah, but hey, this is a joyous occasion. So it let's uh, let's. I I agree with you fully. I knew I was setting up a rant when I when I brought that up because <laughs> I was feeling it a little bit myself. And what's this podcast for if not for you and I to just you know <laughs> let it all out sometimes yeah. and be frustrated at the MLB? But it is also. It's the greatest time of the year. The Cardinals are in the playoffs. Um, you mentioned it. We're playing the Phillies. We all get to uh, be a little nostalgic about the last time the Cardinals yeah. played the Phillies. Which, speaking of, um, I was working nights at that time. I was a blackjack dealer. And I that game five, the mm -hmm. one that was Carpenter and Roy Holiday, I yeah. called into work for that one because I was on the other side of, you know, we've been talking about m most people work in the day. That's not in, you know, there's a lot of people service industry and whatnot. Who of course, w yeah. work overnights and at night. And I, for a long time in my life, I was one of those people. So the day games were great for me and the night games were the pain. So um, I remember, though, that Holiday and Carpenter game, I was like, I can't not watch this this is everything is set up for this to be like an all-timer game yeah. right and so i called into work and it is the one of the best decisions i've ever made <laughs> yeah. of my life was was calling into work to watch that game and i mean uh, one of the best playoff games of all time i think yeah and uh you know if, if if somehow you don't remember that game or you weren't really a big cardinal fan at the time it was uh Chris Carpenter throws a complete game shutout and Roy Holiday throws a complete game, giving up one run, which happened in the first two at bats of the game. Raphael for call lit up with a triple skip Schumacher doubled him in. And then there was no more scoring for the rest of the game. Barely even any hits for the rest of the game. Yeah. It was one of the tightest, most high drama games I can ever remember watching Ooh, yeah. um, up there for me with game six of uh, the 2011 world series. So, uh, I mean, it, it really was the start of a, f a wild and phenomenal playoff series that yeah. resulted in the last time the Cardinals have won the world series. Um, it was also, it was the game with the Raleigh squirrel. Yeah. Uh, and it was the last time the Phillies were in the playoffs and the last time Ryan Howard was relevant oh, yeah. and uh, you know uh, which is a bummer St. Louis guy yeah. you know he but uh, his Achilles on the final at bat of on the, game. the final at bat yep. yeah and uh, and here we are now 11 years later since the 11th World Series in 2011 Whoa. what <laughs> you're <laughs> you remember the, out. remember for like so 11 and 11 was big and yeah. then 12 and 12 was like, you know, okay, but then it didn't happen. And right. then they, everyone tried to make 12 and 13 yeah. work. And then that like naming convention yeah. stopped. So hey, I'm I, 12 and I'll, 22. It's got an all right. 12, ring to and, it. 12 and 22. We're bringing yeah. it back. Yeah, yeah. I think it's fine. Yeah. Um, 
So there was a little bit of pressure, not pressure, but like intrigue in this last week about who the Cardinals would play. We've been saying it was the most likely thing that it would be the Phillies uh, for a couple weeks now. And yeah, it was like over 90% probability, but it was not 100. Yeah. And so we got to watch the Brewers finish their collapse, which is fun. Um, and then the Padres and the uh, Phillies kind of went back and forth a little bit on who might get the fifth and sixth seed. I, you know, we talked about it a little bit last week on like pick your poison. I think ultimately I'm glad the Cardinals are playing the Phillies over the Padres, but you know, both it's all talented teams and in yeah. a three game set, you, you really never know. Um, so yeah, yeah that's I happening. think I, you know, if you can't play the Brewers, which I think all Cardinals fans would prefer to play, especially how you, like you were just talking about how they kind of faded down at the end. Like I did not think that the, I did not see the scenario where the Cardinals or the Brewers are going to be seven games behind St. Louis uh, by the end of the year. And that, that might right. even expand after we, you know, after this game today, um, I, I definitely thought it was going to be a lot closer. It would have been nice to play them. I think we would have felt confident. It would have been a nice rivalry matchup Midwest, you know, slug out, whatever you want to call it. But yeah, I think the Phillies are fine. Like the Phillies have lots of holes and I, I think, let's kind of just get into it. I think uh, there's some good and some bad with the Phillies. So let's, let's kind of break it down, I guess. And I think, you know, the, the, the good, the, the, um, the, I would say by far the strongest part of the Phillies, especially like you said, in a three game series is those three starters that they can run out. And we are quite confident that they're going to do Uh, Zach Wheeler game one who, um, if you're not familiar with, has an excellent, excellent fastball, great breaking ball. He is a very good, hard-throwing, yeah. and he averages, you know, 98, 99 miles per hour. That Just might be slightly hyperbolic, but pretty close. One of the best pitchers in the NL. Yeah. I mean, you know, absolute workhorse. The Cardinals have seen him twice this year, and it has not gone well for no. the Cardinals in both of those games. He has, like, 14 scoreless innings or maybe, like, one run. Yeah. Um, you know, the, the Cardinals do better against lefties than righties. And Wheeler is definitely one of the best righties in in the NL, if not in all of baseball. Yeah. Yeah. He had a little bit of a slow start, which is why his season stats, you know, he's not really like being considered for Cy Young. But um, if you take away his like first month, he's been top five pitcher yeah. in the NL and included in last year. He's just, you know, he's an ace. He's one of yeah. the best pitchers. Agreed. And uh, yeah, that fastball is a thing of beauty. Um, The Cardinals will also be facing off against Aaron Nola, most likely in game two, who is kind of the opposite of Zach Wheeler, both big, tall righties. But Nola is all about movement. He has probably, in my opinion, I don't know if StatCast would back this up, but the nastiest two seamer in baseball, something that he will paint both sides of the plate with. Got a crazy breaking ball, got a really solid changeup, doesn't really throw the four seam that much, just nasty nasty movement you know and i say that and his you know his two seam with crazy movement does sit 93 94 so it's not like he's a soft tosser by any means but compared to wheeler uh definitely less but he's had an excellent year as well very high strikeouts very low walks very tough and uh he's kind of like uh maybe like a young adam wainwright would be a good comparison not Mm. crazy overwhelming stuff but good control really good movement strikeout stuff still. Yeah. Um, 
it's a it's a pretty good one two punch, you know. Yeah. This is uh <laughs> you know, I, I think um we'll talk about the third starter in a in a in a moment, but I think you you're if you're from a Cardinals fan standpoint, like we're really hoping this goes three games. Obviously you want to win it in two, but that's gonna be hard. But like I think you gotta feel pretty good about if this series gets to three games. Um, but it's gonna be a challenge. I think yeah. both of these um games i would say that you would if you had to if you're like an outside observer you would take wheeler and nola uh over the two guys that the cardinals are going to start which we'll talk about in a moment and in a playoff series you always want to have that uh that starting pitching advantage doesn't mean everything um but it it can be a huge factor and so it's not a great matchup for the Cardinals. Not that the Cardinals are throwing out any slouches though, too, but still like, especially that Wheeler start. I'm yeah. I'm just really dreading game one. I mean, that's, that's a one, two that almost every team in the league would take. Like, I guess like the Mets are fine and end of list. Yeah. At least yeah. Well, you're, you're not too. Yeah. Um, yeah, for sure. Yeah, I mean, it, after after the Mets with Degrom and Scherzer, you know, it, it kind of becomes pick your yeah. pick your preferred approach, you know. But yeah, that that is how good they are. And then, like Nate was talking about, I think yeah, the Cardinals have to feel decently good about a potential game three. It's Ranger Suarez, who, if you don't know him, he is a he's a young lefty. He's uh, very good. Um, not anywhere close to I think that you know I would put Nolan Wheeler on that ace tier. Um, and and Wheeler for sure and Nola kind of in and out of that. Um, but Ranger Suarez, I guess I would kind of compare him to Jordan Montgomery a little bit. Uh, yeah. He kind of comes from a wide angle out there. He doesn't throw overwhelmingly hard, mostly fastball changeup, uh, big, tall lefty. Um, he's got a couple of breaking balls that'll throw too, but it's really fastball changeup all day um, and and kind of pumping that. And, you know, his numbers have been fine. Um all the all the Phillies pitchers are hurt by the Phillies defense, which we'll talk about. But that you know, his peripherals look better than his actual numbers do. Yeah. Um, but obviously, that doesn't matter when you have you know it's going to be the same lineup behind him that's been all year. So that'll be what it is. Yeah. Though pitching in Bush might be an advantage for him compared yeah. to pitching in uh, what is the Citizens. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I'm <laughs> I'm just thinking like. The Cardinals have mashed lefties all year. Yeah. He's a lefty. He is good, but still, um, you just got to like that matchup better than the first two. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I guess let's talk a little bit about the other things that go well for the, for the Phillies. Um, you know, we've spent a lot of time talking about their pitching and rightfully so, but you know, what they're really known for is the power on yeah. their team. Um, you know, real Muto, maybe best catcher in the league, or at least this year he, he has been offensively. He's been, he's been good for a long time and this year is having an even better year, just an all around fantastic player. He can, he's one of those guys who doesn't necessarily do one thing at an elite level, but does everything at an above average level. And that includes catching, running hitting for power i mean he just does yeah. everything he's got a great arm he he is always in the top in in uh stolen bases or uh, caught stolen bases he has 21 stolen bases himself 
Yeah. Um, which, which is for, I guess for a, a catcher is elite. So I don't want to say, yeah. you know, I, I just kind of said he's not elite in any one thing, but I guess like in broader baseball terms, he's not like an elite speed guy, but yes. for, for, for catchers, obviously 21 stolen bases is, is an, an elite mark. Yeah, and, and I think yeah, he pretty much far and away had the best season of any catcher this year. Yeah, uh, you know, Adley Rutschman will probably surpass him uh, next year because of the insane two thirds of a season he put together. But right yeah. now, um, probably put my money on JT. Uh, but yeah, I mean, he's been great. He's been the offensive driver for the entire second half. He's got a one sixty two WRC plus in the second half of uh, the season, which is uh, you know, I, I don't know pretty if that's good. all telling, but. Um, obviously very good. Uh, we'll, we'll keep going down the line. Uh, Nick Castellanos has kind of turned his bat around a little bit, which is something that I'm sure the Cardinals are aware of. But, you know, when the Cardinals saw the Phillies earlier in this season, he was pretty much a non-factor. I think he was ineffective for one of those series. And if I remember correctly, he was injured for another one of those series um, and has come back and is hitting. Um, we, we all know Nick Castellanos from his time with the Reds, like, not somebody you really want to mess around with. Um, yeah. especially I don't, I, you know, this is narrative stuff that you, you can put whatever, but he wants to beat the Cardinals really, <laughs> really, really bad. I guarantee that. I mean, what's the, the, you know, the, all the images of him standing over, what was it? Was it Jake Woodford it or Jake uh, Woodford? What? Yeah. Poor Jake Woodford. He's like, yeah, standing over him screaming yeah, yeah. Woodford's like i just got here man <laughs> yeah leave me alone <laughs> uh yeah so, I, I, he's he's of the same mold that a lot of these guys are that he hit ball real hard and yeah. you know they've got a lot of them so you've, it's a it's a lineup that can do a lot of damage or nothing at all if you can yeah. manage it well you know but um to keep it going schwarber 46 home runs on the year yeah. uh which if it wasn't for Aaron judges 62, you know, um, which congrats to judge, like, you know, there'd be, I think more <laughs> fan. It. Yeah, he did it. Um, there'd be more like discussion of Schwarber almost getting to 50, which is yeah. a huge number. Um, but I mean, it's kind of all he does though, too, you know, super yeah. low batting average, not great in the field. Um, but in a three game playoff, you don't need much more than a couple home runs sometimes. No. And, you know, he's one of those players. And I, I think you probably categorize most of the Phillies uh, being this like th- these are guys that will make Bush Stadium look small. You know, if they, yeah. if they have a nice series, because these are guys that obviously Citizens Bank is a bit of a bandbox, but these are players that will hit it out of any ballpark off any pitcher. I will say the good thing, you know, and I'll lump Kyle Schwarbs and uh, uh, Reese Hoskins kind of into the same bucket. Yeah. Like no defense, lots of swing and miss, lots of power. Yeah. Yeah. Which will be an interesting combo because they have lots of swing and miss, but the Cardinals are not a strikeout team. Right. You know, so it's a, it's a soft contact team. Um, So it'll be interesting to see how, if the Phillies can make adjustments, um, if the, like basically Cardinals pitching is going to need to execute really, really well on that game plan. The the game plan that's gotten them where they are today, you know, but it, you, if Michael is, is flat. Yeah. You know, those balls are going to go really far. Not, yeah. It's not going to yeah. go very well and it won't, it'll, it'll happen quick. Yeah. Um, I, I think the big sort of wild card, no pun intended, or maybe a little pun intended here Ooh. is, um, 
it's got to be Bryce Harper, right? I mm-hmm. mean, he's the, uh, you know, future Hall of Fame, MVP winner, multi-MVP, best player in the league at times. Um, you know, yeah, can he- be good at defense, can't, you know, yeah. is is an elite hitter. So, and not just power high at, he does everything right. So you, you could argue he's the best player in this series. Now his season has been very strange because of yeah, broken because of thumb and elbow issues and all this. But I think, you know, kind of what you're alluding to is like, if Bryce clicks in this series, if, it if he changes finds his everything. timing, it changes. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It does. It's yeah. That'd be an interesting, um, what you just said, like, I think you, if you're trying to pick the best player in the series, I think you really quickly, if you, I guess if we're saying position player, yeah, it very quickly narrows down to Bryce Harper, Nolan Arenado, and Paul Goldschmidt, right? Yeah. Um, and if you're going this season, it gets more easy to to choose. But sure. if you if you're like starting your franchise today and you had to pick. One of those three Bryce over those two guys. And I I love those two guys. You know, everyone, you know, we love them, but Bryce is that dude. Yeah. Well, Andy's, you know, several years younger too. So that, that would be a factor in starting your franchise. But even if you're picking for 2023, like you would not be faulted for taking Harper over Arenado or Goldschmidt, even after what's happened in this season. Um, but he has had a rough year. He's been injured through most of it, and he's not really gotten his timing back since coming back from injury, which is a totally normal thing. Yeah. Um, but the playoffs, as we've said over and over, uh, regular season performance is not a consistent predictor of postseason performance. And so uh, you really can't come into this series with any confidence that Harper will be anything other than amazing. You know, yeah. And we hope we hope that's not the case but they should plan on him being a significant threat. Yeah. And I, I kind of look at it, my, my two cents on it. And I'm sure, you know, Ollie and the team have much, much better information than I have, but I kind of look at it. He's the one guy that you really can't let beat you. Like I'd much rather yeah. give Castellanos or Reese or, or Schwab's uh, something to hit um, and stay out of Bryce Hop- Harper's happy zone, you know, as much as possible. And um, if those other guys beat you, the other guys beat you. But I, I, I kind of look at him as like, uh, I don't know, like Big Poppy in the 2013 World Series. Like, oh just don't pitch to him. Just, yeah, just, just him lock alone. him. Yeah, um, yeah. I know we're going to talk a little bit about how the Cardinals are like set up for um, this series here in a little bit, but we're kind of talking about offense anyway. And so, um, some interesting things: the the Phillies are actually better against lefties than righties, uh, but on the road, they've been worse against lefties and righties. So I don't know how you square that. Do you, I, that's where I get a little, you know, on the road is, is a smaller sample size. If you look at the whole season, they've been better against lefties and righties. Um, but their biggest bats are all lefties, right? you know? So, um, I think we'll see a lot of mixing and matching in this series. Uh, we'll get, see a bunch of mats, Montgomery and probably Zach Thompson out of the bullpen to to deal with exactly yeah. Harper and Schwarber. Um, it'd be my yeah, expectation. And, and Schwarber's really Schwarber struggles against lefties, but Harper historically has been fine against lefties. Yeah, and I think the way that uh, Cassianos and Real Muto hit lefties is is probably what's responsible for those numbers because they just absolutely. Like, 
Cassianos against lefties is like one of the best hitters in baseball. Yeah. Um, but you know, he's also like, he, he's not infallible, but, uh, just somebody you also need to be careful with, but yeah, I don't, I don't know. Um, um yeah. So I guess another thing thinking about what the Phillies can do well, I mean, this is a good team, right? You know, we're, we're talking a while about what they are good at. And so, uh, it hasn't always felt that way this season, especially considering they fired their manager halfway through this season. Oh, yeah. Joe. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Joe Girardi. Um, but they're, they're pretty good at running. Um, you know, they are, even though you'd think of Schwarber and Hoskins as these big lumbering dudes overall, the team is pretty good on the base paths. Um, so maybe yeah. we'll see some, some yachty heroics. Um, yeah, you know, well, we'll, I guess we'll talk about, we'll talk about that when we talk about that, but the way the Colonels use the catcher position is going to be very interesting to me. Um, but let's talk, uh, before we we're, we're done gassing up the Phillies, let's talk about what they're, why they're bad and why we kind of laughed at them all year. Um, I want to start first with the bullpen. Um, yeah. they have the second worst bullpen ERA in the second half. That bullpen ERA is 5.14 and the peripheral numbers are even worse than that. Their FIP is closer to six and a half. Um, it's been bad. They do have Jose Alvarado who throws the ball 1 million miles an hour and is very talented. Um, but he also walks a lot of guys Their Their bullpen yeah. is bad. And I think like, you know, what, what, what did we just say? Uh, Wheeler, Nola, good bullpen, bad. So obviously the strategy is to get those big hosses out and then get into yeah. that, you know, soft underbelly as quickly as you possibly can, which is, I'm sure most teams, you know, strategy anyways, but I say with the Phillies, like as soon as you get that starter out, like the floodgates are opening, um, or at least we should expect, you know, runs to be scored quickly. Well, it's another way in which the Cardinals are kind of the opposite, the anti Phillies, right? Because you'd argue that as long as the Cardinals don't have to go to their bullpen in like the third or fourth inning, like you're feeling really good when the Cardinal bullpen comes in and you're just hoping that the starter gets through five or six with while keeping the game close because we could probably lock down the back half of the game. It's the opposite for the Phillies. They are really, really hoping Wheeler can go seven, eight, if not nine, they're hoping Nola can go seven. And then they, they probably don't even want to get to a game three Um, or I mean, who does, but they particularly are hoping not to get to a game three. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the, the guy who, closed the the their playoff clinching game was recently their like fourth starter you know they are uh it was zach eflin eflin they are um their saves leader Corey knebel who led the team with 12 is out for the rest of the year yeah um, I mean, it's been a lot of inefficiency and a lot of injury, but their bullpen is trash. And uh, I think that is where, uh, the Cardinals, the Cardinals are generally considered the favorite in this matchup. Um, that's at least like the Vegas betting odds and yeah. things like that. And, um, I think that's part of it. You know, yeah. if you look at the season too, uh, the Cardinals have had a lot of late game comebacks, a lot of late inning, um, you know, scoring outbursts. And I, I think that's a testament to their approach and just waiting for the right guy in the, uh, in the, on the mound to be not elite and they'll jump on him. And so I don't know. I, it makes me think like, 
you're going to have Donovan lead off and just be like, all right, Donovan, we don't even care if you get a hit. Your goal is to make Wheeler throw 10 pitches. Yeah. You yeah. know, just follow them all off. Yeah. You know, just just get up there and annoy him. Yeah. Edmund, you too. Just get up there, annoy him. Newt Bar, we don't care if you get a hit. We yeah, need. I want to see uh, like Albert and Goldie and, and Nolan say, you know, everyone, every pitch you take, you get over uh, after five, I'll give you a grand or something. To the end guys. You know <laughs> yeah. what I mean? Like, let's. However, we can make this. However, happen. just get them out of there. Yeah, I, I think you're 100 percent right. I also think like I think that's 100 percent right on. I also um, would not be surprised to see the Phillies and Rob Thompson use their pitching staff in a very creative and interesting way because of all that. Like if we see Wheeler come out at some point during game three, if it gets to that, like, you yeah. know, kind of pulling out all of the stops because their bullpen is what it is. And I'll be very curious to see what their postseason roster looks like, like how many of those bullpen arms are going to be there um, and, and what that's all going to look like. But it, it should be very interesting. But yeah, like you said, I think that I love that. I'll throw in, I'll throw in five bucks. Um, <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah. well, well, I'll, I'll grease these wheels. However we yeah. can do this. We'll start hey, five, a bucks, crap. five bucks total. Like I'm not, not per pitch. No, like, yeah, no, no, no. I will give you $5 St. Louis Cardinals. <laughs> yeah. If you can get Wheeler out in the fourth inning. There we um, go. Yeah, and I mean, so the other thing that they struggle with, obviously the joke that we've really been leaning in all season is that defensively they're not very good. And, yeah. uh, you know, the Cardinals are a bit of a home run heavy team, but, um, you know, you've got a lot of guys who uh, sort of the core of the lineup, though, is putting the ball in play. Your Brendan yeah. Donovan's, your uh, obviously Goldie and Arenado in second half pools, you know, so um again in these short series doesn't take much to swing it and so a few bad plays a few uh extra bases the cardinals are great at taking that extra base on what should have been a singles a double or going first to third you know those things will will really matter and that's what i'll be looking for uh you know especially early in this series to see what see how the cardinals adjusted knowing that the team is a bad defensive team yeah, yeah, and uh, to put some numbers to that, like I, I just to give some context, so, you know, the Cardinals were not as good defensively this year as we all expected because of injuries and trades and blah blah blah. Um, yeah, but the, the Cardinals, collapse I'm of just, the outfield, the collapse of the outfield of the Gold Glove outfield. Um, I'm just going to use outs above average because I think that's easy and, and understandable. Uh, but the Cardinals had as a team 23 outs above average this season. The Phillies were minus 37. <laughs> Um, I knew it was going to be minus, but I was like, what, what, how big is this minus number going to yeah. be? And I, I don't think I would have guessed minus 37. That's, the, uh, that's rough. <laughs> the only team that's worse than the Phillies this year would be the Natinals, um, who are basically a triple a team, uh, for a right. good chunk of the year. And, and Juan Soto was not helping those defensive metrics whatsoever. Uh, and the Cardinals are, uh, fourth, um, yeah. on, on the positive end. So Definitely, like if there are two things, I think there's, as you said, they're kind of bizarro world teams, but that might be the most glaring difference is the Cardinals have good, clean defense and the Phillies really don't. I mean, JT Real Muto is as good as they get and then everyone else is fine or yeah. Well, they did pick up Edmundo Sosa, though he is hurt. Um, It is believed that he'll be back for the playoffs, but um, or at least for the wild card series. But it's I don't believe it's been locked in just yet. So uh, and obviously having a great defensive shortstop really pluses up your overall defensive numbers. But uh, still one guy out of the other 
eight or seven in the field, yeah. uh, you know, it's yeah, not going to save it. You have to imagine that job's going to uh, Bryson Stott, who has not been great defensively. So we'll, we'll yeah. see about Edmundo Sosa. I mean, you go around the horn and it's all pretty bad. Uh, their second baseman, Gene Segura, is decent. He's probably the second best defender on the team. But Alec the Bohm, least valuable <laughs> defensive position or second least. Alec Bohm, I, I mean, he's a fine average hitter, but he might be one of the worst defensive third basemen I, I can remember. Uh, I mean, maybe Ryan Braun is above him in the bad category. And then, you know, that one season he played third base. Yeah. Alec Bohm right right below him. Uh, yeah, I, they, I have to there. imagine the Phillies are going to be looking for someone else at third because Bohm, you know, high average is nice, but it, yeah. If you you're not really hitting for power and you're not hitting for uh, or you're not playing good defense defense, like what are you doing at third base? You know, I I would have bet money that they were going to put Chris Bryant at the at third base. And that just didn't happen. But I I get to watch him now in Denver. for (laughs) Yay. All right. So that that's what the Phillies do bad. I think it's. More good than bad. That's how they got to the playoffs. Um, but I, it is a type of bad that hopefully lines up with where the Cardinals are particularly good, especially that bullpen element. They really remind me of like an old school, like mid-level AL team. Like, yeah, they got mashers. They got a couple of high-end pitchers and they kind of just let it ride. Yep. Yep. I agree. And, and you know, and, if it wasn't for Milwaukee completely falling apart, they probably, or not even probably, they just aren't in the playoffs. You know, this right. this is they're the sixth seed team for a reason, and not that the Padres are per, like, you know, full head above them, but I do think it's pretty easy to say that the Phillies are the worst team uh, in the NL that have made the playoffs. So yeah. it's one of the few benefits that the Cardinals get for winning the division, but not being a top two division yeah. winner is they at least get to play the Phillies at home, which plays to the strength. So I think, you know, we, we don't know. That's why they got to play the games, but like, this is the play. This is maybe the one playoff series that the Cardinals will have of hopefully many where we can go and be like, this feels like a good matchup because <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> uh, if they win, if the Cardinals win this, uh, they will play the Braves. And then if they, if they win that, you know, they're playing either the Mets or the Dodgers, probably. Yeah. So uh, it's a hard road ahead for the Cardinals to to make a deep run. But at least on this first one, it's a it's a I think a pretty ideal matchup. Dude, watch, watching the three game series, Mets Braves, I, I might be more afraid of the Braves right now than the Dodgers or any other team in baseball. They look so good right now. That Well, that's been that 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 whole story, right? Is yeah. that like the Mets did not collapse the Braves just have been the best team in baseball since like June, you know, Um, it's been kind of quiet because of, I guess just how good the Mets have continued to be and, and all the other storylines around baseball. But I think people are starting to wake up to realize like, Oh shit, the Braves who won the world series last year and are a better team this year than they were last year uh, might be the real team to beat, even though the Dodgers won, uh, you know, 110 games or whatever. So let's talk a little bit more deeply about the Cardinals approach and what we're expecting to see. Um, 
you know, the, I think the big discussion right now is the rotation and how you set up your pitching staff. Um, I feel pretty confident in my opinion on what's going to happen. Um, I'll be interested to hear if you feel anything different. So really hasn't changed, frankly. I, my expectation is that the game one will be Michaelis, game two will be Quintana, and game three will be Flaherty. And I think you see Montgomery and Wainwright waiting in the wings on any of those games for any sort of issues, particularly in game three with yeah. Flaherty. Um, they might get creative with Montgomery uh, with that lefty lineup, but that's my expectation. What are your thoughts? Yeah, my I, I think that you're probably right on. I think the only question mark is Adam Wainwright and what is the value of postseason experience? What does Ali think of that? What does the front office think of that? And I am curious, like I would not be surprised if Wayno gets game one, um, especially it being against Wheeler, setting the tone. It's in Bush Stadium. We know Wayno pitches well in Bush Stadium historically. Um, are they confident with his arm? Um, I mean, you said this, we, we've talked about this in the bird scored. We've talked about this on the pod, like Wayno's probably driving that conversation more than anyone. And he wants to win more than anyone. And I think he'll probably be honest with his self-assessment and all that. Um, but, but I would say that's probably the only wrinkle into what you, what you said that I, I would throw out there. I would not be surprised if he gets a start, especially if it's early. And yeah, I think, I think you're probably right on. Um, I could also see the Cardinals getting really, really creative. You know, maybe it's, all right, we're going to go throw Jack out there for one time through the lineup, and then somebody else is going to take the second time. And um, I wouldn't be surprised if they had Jack go one. I wouldn't be surprised if they had Mats go one. Do do kind of something like that. Yeah. What, what you know, like if it gets to a game three, I think Ali's proven that he will play the matchups even to an excruciating and maybe uh, obnoxious to watch fashion, but uh, in a fashion that he believes will be successful. So that, yeah. that's kind of my expectation. I think that's right for game three. Like, yeah. I, I feel pretty confident that it's going to be Michaelis and then Quintana, and those games will be pretty much played straight up. Um, if there's a game three, I think it's all hands on deck. I think you could see Montgomery get the start yeah. uh, and, and you know, serve as a starter. One, two innings. And then go to Flaherty for one, two innings, go to Wayno for one or two innings or Matt's or however the, the, you know, wherever we are in the, in the lineup. Um, and really, like he said, excruciatingly play that lefty righty. Yeah. Um, but I don't know. I mean, it's not like these guys don't have playoff experience themselves. You know, Michaelis has started in the playoffs multiple times. Uh, Quintana has gone deep in playoff runs with other teams. So I get it. I not, and trust me, you know, it's Wayno. Like, of course I, you know, I love Wayno who doesn't love Wayno, but I don't know. I just get the sense that Marmol and the, the team part of the hiring of Marmol and part of, I think what they struggled with Schilt was, is that like, we can't make these decisions off of these like emotional narratives, right? Yeah. Like Matt Carpenter should not be batting <laughs> cleanup. I yeah. don't care that it's Matt Carpenter. I don't care that he's a future Cardinal hall of famer. 
he's not good right now. So he can't be yeah. your last off your bench. And also you're, you're, you know, batting fourth when he plays. And I think you'll, you'll see that with Wayno and Wayno himself has already started to signal. Like, I don't know if I'm going to be in the rotation in the playoffs, which we said on the show, if he, he'll be the first to say it, if he's not going to be in the rotation and yeah. this pirate start, I mean, like, if he had gone out there and mowed down the pirates and looked like his command was back and, you know, everything was looking good, I would be all in on what you're saying. Let him have game one, short leash, it's Wayno, et cetera. But like, I don't think you can risk it against this, you know, the, the Phillies and their mashers. So yeah, I, I'm I, going, yeah, I don't know. I, I think that you're right in everything you said. And I, I think the key phrase is short leash. I th- I think that, no one on this uh, pitching staff is too precious. Um, yeah. Short leash is going to be the name of the game. We're going to see a lot of pitchers. I expect a lot of pitchers to be a part of this three game series. And uh, um, yeah, I think that'll, that'll be key. I think if somebody starts to slip or they're not liking, you know, we know that Ali is going to be looking at, at spin rates and location and, and everything evaluating that pitch to pitch if, you know, at, at the, at the most and inning to inning at the very least. So yeah, I, I I think you're right on. Um, and yeah, I, I think Quintana, Michaelis, Flaherty, um, Montgomery, some form or fashion of all four of those guys pitching in this series makes a lot of sense. Yeah. So we'll see. We're going to find all this out probably in between us recording and this episode being released. <laughs> this will probably yeah. all be uh, figured out. So um, we're, we're really good at that. Um, Another big question is, uh, what do you do with Albert in this series? Uh, he's been getting ex- excess playing time because we're chasing a dream. But, uh, yeah. you know, do you start him against Wheeler? And do you, are you, Ben, you're now Oliver, Marmol. Yeah. Are you starting Pujols against Zach Wheeler and Aaron Nola? I pr- probably not starting him against Wheeler probably waiting for an opportune time to pinch hit him against a lefty in that game, probably starting him against Nola and probably starting him against um, Mr. Uh, Suarez uh, because he's a lefty and that makes all the sense. And uh, I think, you know, Albert's proven that he can hit movement this year. So that's the way I kind of look at it. I think I would more than likely rather get, um, I mean, Dickerson's been a little bit better. I kind of like putting in a lefty at the DH spot. uh, Although, you know, Newt's probably starting. Donovan's probably starting. I don't know if you have a better option is, is probably the the more relevant question. I guess it really depends on, you know, what the status of Tyler O'Neill is and what that looks like and, and how that kind of changes your, your alignment. Um, I could be talking. I think that there's a, probably a better matchup for the DH in game one though, if it is Zach Wheeler. When did Burleson Burleson isn't eligible, right? He got called up too late. No, we talked about that a few weeks ago. He just missed eligibility. That would be great. Hitting a little bit too. Yeah. His underlying numbers. uh, If you're, if you haven't yet go and look at his hard hit rate and like his rolling at bat numbers. um, He looks like he's really starting to figure it out, but yeah, um, yeah, not eligible. So yeah, I guess I had been kind of thinking he's, just been on fire kind of lefties and righties. So like just get him in there. And I think and, that is what it will ultimately be yeah. what happens. Yeah. But I do like your idea of, cause if you just have him in there, then they can pitch around him. Um, but if you reserve him from the bench, then you can, you know, insert him at the right uh, moment, but that's only likely one AB. 
Yeah. So yeah, I, I bet he starts all three. You know, that's where maybe the narrative and just he's been crushing. You know, he's been the best hitter in the National League for three months now, which is wild to say. It, uh, it's hard to argue with. Uh, yeah, that that is for sure. And against lefties and righties. I mean, it's been a lot of soft tossing righties, like you said. Um, and Wheeler is not that. But uh, <laughs> no. I mean, you know, he's locked in. He's been I'll great. Tell you what. Albert has not been missing mistakes. So, I mean, really, if you, if you put it on it, that lens, like no, no pitcher is perfect. Maybe, you know, yeah. maybe he'll catch a Wheeler mistake or something like that. But yeah, I, I'm not going to like tweet angrily or, or, or next episode. I'm not going to be mad that Albert got three starts. It was more just like, oh, there's probably some creativity you can use here. Um, yeah. If there was someone that was a clear DH opportunity, maybe Yepes, you know, yeah. um, if there was someone who was like, oh, well, you're going to get a competitive at bat against a righty from this guy that we think is a clear, uh, more competitive at bat than Pujols, uh, you know, yeah. this decision would be different. But it's hard to think of anyone who well is going to give you that. I think, you know, Cardinals fans should not be surprised if that DH in game one is Corey Dickerson. Um, yeah, but we shall see. I, I think unlikely, but I saw some numbers like he has hit Wheeler well in the past. Um, I don't know how much exactly that'll be valued in a, in a one game start, especially with the playoffs, especially with Dickerson not going great lately. Um, but wouldn't be surprised to see that either. Yeah. Um, interesting. Well, uh, what else? Who we, who we, uh, who we leading off? How you see, how you set in the top of your lineup? Uh, again, let's start with the righties. How you start in your lineup? I, I, if I, you know, had my druthers, I, they've rolled out this lineup a couple of times. I would do, uh, Donovan one, uh, Newt too, and then the big boys. Uh, but I kind of like those two guys, especially against a righty. They get on base a lot. Newt's been kind of getting back into his power swing again recently. Um, and I think, you know, we've seen the formula work well all year, get those guys kind of to clog up the bases. And then you got your mashers, your three mashers, potentially four of O'Neill is going to be a factor. Um, and, and bet on that you know, to work at least one of the four times and you might win the game right there. So that's, I think that's what I'd like to see. And I think, you know, that was part of the formula that really drove the success in the second half. So if it ain't pro, yeah. you know, keep going. I, I, Donovan's been consistent. Um, to me, the, the wild card there <laughs> um, is again, Newt, who has looked like, you know, one of the new central pieces of the Cardinals for the next five years at times and at times has kind of looked lost at the plate. So uh, he has looked a lot better recently. And um, I think I agree. Yeah, I roll the dice on that because you're all your alternatives there, I guess, is putting Edmund back up there. And, yeah. you know, that um, that has its own risk reward factor. But um, I think I'd be prioritizing OBP. Uh, you know, yeah, and- I, I, I think against a lefty against Suarez, you could convince me to go Edmund Donovan and then the big boys. Yeah. Um, but against the righties, I, I like lefty lefty. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. It's probably not any more complicated than that. Uh, you know, Donovan for sure. And then Newt bar or Edmund. Yeah. Yeah. Um, let's talk about Tyler O'Neill for a moment. Um, it's mostly a bummer, uh, but certainly seems unlikely that he will be ready for the, for the wildcard game. 
Yeah. Um, well, here, I'll, I'll just read what we got here. Uh, he won't be active. He's obviously not playing in the game that's happening while recording right now. If you did not know that, he did not make it to a final game. Uh, he won't be activated uh, until after that, until after today's game. Um, Oliver Marmol did say that the outfielder could be included on the postseason roster, but they are being extremely noncommittal. Um, that being said, you know, Tyler makes sense as a defensive replacement, as a guy to put on the bases. Like, he still has a lot of value uh, for the team. Um, and, you know, we saw, you know, th- there have been performances where guys have kind of come off the IL out of nowhere and performed. So, I, you know, I think that if he is healthy and they have confidence that his timing is going to be there even a little bit, I think he'll probably be in the lineup because he is a game changer with the power and the glove. Yeah. Um, the Cardinals are better with Tyler O'Neill. Yeah, it's worth the risk, but they said a huge part of his value is his speed. It's that lower half and a hamstring strain is a huge, you know, problem yeah. <laughs> for for that part of his game. So, is it a 80% O'Neal better than a Corey Dickerson or um, you know, whoever else might get that spot? Uh, you know, maybe, but yeah. um I could see also there being a concern of re-injury and then you end up losing him for the whole postseason, assuming you get past the first round. Yeah. Because I definitely read it of like, he's not good right now, but it's a day-to-day thing, you know, and they have to decide by Friday for this series, but there'll be another week for the next series if if they make it. Right. Poor Ty-Ty. Yeah. Um, It'd be fun. I mean, what, you know, what a good narrative that would be if he's able to come back and, and oh, yeah. be a big part of it um, after essentially a lost season. Yeah. Um, and we should, I mean, I have some confidence. He's looked good when he's back. You Absolutely. Know? So, yeah. So it's definitely worth it if he's even 90, 95%. But obviously, that's easy for us to say on the yeah. outside. <laughs> um, we got a few more things we want to talk about before we wrap up the episode. But uh, before we do, as always, we want to remind all of our listeners that this show is supported on Patreon. That is patreon.com slash talking about birds. If you want to support us, we're putting the wraps on a full season of podcasts. Wow. We somehow did this every week for 32 <laughs> weeks straight. And we don't intend to stop. Um, we've got some silly plans for the off season. We're starting to plan some of that because uh turns out there's not a lot to talk about in the middle of November. So we're going to try to still make it fun for everyone. Um, so we've got some ideas and some plans. If you want to support the show, support our time and effort to bring this to you every week, uh, consider uh, subscribing at patreon.com slash talking about birds. All subscribers get access to the bird score a private discord server where we're constantly talking about the Cardinals. Cause Hey, we can't get enough. Even a hey. weekly podcast, we got to talk even more about it. Ben's in there ranting. I'm in there making <laughs> bad jokes. Other people are in there making really bad jokes. Yes. Um, you know, so, uh, you need more of that in your life. So subscribe. And also, uh, sometimes you get early access to episodes kind of depends on when we record and when I'm able to get it edited. Um, uh, but sometimes I can get it out even up, you know, almost a full day ahead of the normal release schedule, which makes our podcast slightly more relevant sometimes. <laughs> um, so, uh, check it out. Also consider leaving us a review on your favorite podcast platform. It helps, uh, Ben, where can people find us online? Otherwise, 
Yeah, make sure to give us a follow on Twitter at TalkAboutBirds. Uh, of course, you could follow us on Instagram as well at TalkingAboutBirds. Uh, talk about birds on Twitter, talking about birds on Instagram. Don't uh, get have... it confused. It's not confusing. <laughs> it's not confusing at all. If you have any uh, thoughts, musing questions, uh, ideas, I don't know, what, whatever you might have, you can always reach out to us via email at talkaboutbirds at gmail.com. Um, I don't really have anything for Nate this week. Uh, I think Nate did commit to making me a Christmas pizza. Um, <laughs> so we're going to bring it back to pizza talk. Um, well, Mary asked, so she's I been talking about the, she wants one of your pizzas. She's been talking about this for weeks. I, I committed to making Mary a Christmas pizza. Um, I am noncommittal towards you at this point. I am bigger and stronger than Mary. I will take that pizza. <laughs> <laughs> I guess once I've hand once I've handed it off, it, I have no control at this point. You know, it's it's like a podcast. Once you make it and put it out there in the world, is it really your pizza anymore? You know, it's my my pizza is like art. I agree. <laughs> okay. I'm I'm importing that flour from Italy, baby. It's I, good. I I know. I know. <laughs> I'm aware. All right, we've got a little bit more cardinal news to talk about and then we're going to we're going to wrap up. So, um let's see. What else? What else? Oh, we've got the uh, the Gallegos. Uh, yeah, contract. yeah. I think some some kind of cool news. Uh, Giovanni Gallegos. If you did not see, he just got a uh, small extension. It, it's really going to cover his R beers, uh, and then there's one year for an option at the end of that. So that's exciting. Gets five hundred thousand dollars signing bonus. Good for you, Giovanni. Uh, he's going to get four point five million next year. Five point five the next the year after that, and then like I said, there is an option that could be worth a total value of six point five million. Uh, after that, and there's a bunch of escalators and all that stuff. Uh, something that I thought was cool about this whole is uh, whole thing is that he said to Derek Gould uh, after it happened, uh, "quote I feel so happy. I don't uh, I don't have the word exactly for how I'm feeling right now. I've got an extension with the team. My confidence is a hundred percent." And then he corrected himself, saying two hundred percent. So I think Derek, you know, it's I, a- I'm a millionaire now. I have <laughs> so much money now. So Can much you believe money. how much money I have. <laughs> And, and the guy, you know, he, he's excited. He wants to be here. He wants to be a part of the thing. He's been great. Why not extend this guy? This is a guy who's been, yeah. you know, just short of what I would call a relief ace over the past few years. He's been with the Cardinals. Um, we, you know, he kind of even had a little dip this year and then totally found his stuff. And Hey, I like having Giovanni in the back of the bullpen for, you know, the foreseeable future. So I, I think that's great. Love it. Yeah, agree 100%. In fact, I was like, I would have been fine with a couple more years after it. But, uh, you know, lock them up, get a year out of uh, free agency and and keep your cost controlled for arbitration. The dude's now a multimillionaire and he's been great. I I honestly thought it'd be a little bit higher. I think the the dip this year suppressed his value and sort of we we talked about it last week or the week before. I don't I don't ever even want to say he lost the closers job. He just got like outpaced by Ryan Helsley because he was still good and he it we have that sort of committee now of two fantastic yeah. guys at the end. It's kind of like the Braves and the Mets, right? It's ex- I was just going yeah. to say that it's a Mets and Braves situation. It's it's not yeah. that the Mets are bad and it's not that Giovanni's bad. It's that Helsley is that good and the Braves are that yeah. good. Yeah. Um, so, but yeah, all, all all told, very happy about that. Like like me, some Giovanni. 
Yeah, and you don't see a lot of September contracts or October no. contracts, so you never know what Moe's cooking up up there. So Also, uh, having one of your best bullpen arms saying, I feel 200% confident going into the playoff run, you know, whether that's uh, going to you know increase his performance or not, I like to hear that. That's, that's nice. Certainly can't hurt it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, um, in other Cardinals news, uh, Jordan Hicks is expected to make a one-inning appearance appearance in relief behind starter Matthew Libertor in Wednesday's game, the game that is started at, upon this recording. So um, obviously really good news. Uh, well, it will be much better news once we see the results, see what the velo is looking like, all that kind of stuff. But as we've said many, many times, having a Jordan Hicks in your bullpen, even if he is not, you know, 100%, that is just a win in the playoffs. A guy that can throw like that. You, you never know if he could click in and yeah. be highly, highly effective. So we're, we'll be watching that and we're hope, hopeful it'll be, you know, first off, he'll come out healthy and second off he's, he's effective. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I guess the, you know, Cardinals are in a, a pretty good spot where we can say like, we don't necessarily need Jordan Hicks to be an, a relief ace, but they are obviously a significantly better team with that. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's neat. Very <laughs> it neat. Sure is. It sure is. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I think that's all the real news. Um, we have a, I think we were going to briefly talk about just the overall playoff bracket. We, um, we kind of already talked about the NL side of things. So, uh, I'm going to make you do it right now, Ben, who you got yeah. coming out of the AL? What's your pick? Yeah. You don't have I to mean, run the whole bracket, but I'm interested to see like, maybe what do you think is the ALCS going to be? I, I I would not be surprised if we have Blue Jays Yankees. I think the Blue Jays are kind of underrated right now. Uh, Alex Manoa or Alec Manoa is yeah. as good as they get. I like him so much. Um, I, and I think that their offense, you know, if you haven't been paying close attention, their offense has kind of come alive in the past month and a half. Um, so I like them a lot. Um, and, and then I think out of the other division, I like the Yankees a lot. You know, the Bay, the Tampa Bay Rays have kind of, limped into the playoffs a little bit. They are not inspiring a ton of confidence. I don't really like how their team is kind of shaped out. I already talked about how I feel about Cleveland. Just don't think they have the team to do it. Um, we'll see if they survive the race, but I do think the Yankees will kind of come out on top on that side of the bracket. And it's very unfortunate that Seattle and blue Jays are going to be playing each other in the wild card series. I was really hoping Seattle would kind of put together a little run their first time in the playoffs in 20 plus years. I like them. You know, we've talked about they're kind of the the new Reds and uh, with <laughs> some other guys over there. Um, so I want the best for them. But I just think the Blue Jays are slightly better. Um, and I will say I do believe that the Astros are the best team in the AL. I just don't want to see You're them all in the upset. Yeah, I just don't want to yeah. see them. Um, and I want to see, you know, like Vladdy. We're talking about how. Harper can put a series on his back. Vladdy is that dude. And they have more guys right. like that too. Um, but I really think it, it comes down to the, the high end pitching uh, for the blue Jays. And I do think that offense is awake and uh, it, it might be scary. And I would really, I think a, a Yankees blue Jays uh, CS would be a blast. I'm tired of the Astros. So that's what I'm yeah. hoping for. <laughs> um, obviously there's upsets in there. Um, but yeah, that's, that's my prediction and, and what I'd like to see. Yeah, um, I'm hoping for a Birds World Series. Hell yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, tweet, tweet. Tweet, tweet, baby. But, um, the show might explode. Yeah. But, I, you know, un unfortunately, if I if I were, like, betting on this, uh, which I probably 
uh, will be at least a little bit. Our, our fantasy baseball group is doing that. Um, I, I got to go Astros coming out of the AL. I, I know it's the boring, least fun choice, but they are. They are They're so really, good. really good. They're really good. And yeah. I just have a hard time seeing anyone beat them in a in a series. And the but if it's gonna be a team to do it, it will be something like the Blue Jays where uh those guys get hot. I mean, Bo Bichette has had an insane last like month and a half, and you know, he's arguably the second or third best hitter on that team, you know, George Springer and uh Vlad and I mean, they're 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 a stack team. Alejandro well, Kirk so. has had a great year. Kirk, yeah. Um, uh, Matt Chapman has had a, a decently solid year. They have like their backup catcher has some power. Teoscar Hernandez had a down year, but is still very. He's good. been good Whit recently. Though. on that team now. Yeah, um, it's a good team. You know, I think it's definitely stacked that side of the bracket. Having the Mariners, the Blue Jays, and the Astros all in one side of the bracket is disappointing. Um, because yeah, I get like no fun out of the Rays or the Guardians, and then even the Yankees. You know, obviously there's some fun stuff going there. Yeah. But like, I would love a like Mariners Blue Jays ALCS. How fun would yeah. that be? But obviously not possible. So, so we'll see. Um, yeah, I, I predict Astros because it's I think the most obvious choice. But I would much rather have uh, pretty much any team. I would even prefer to see the Yankees in the World Series than the yeah. than the Astros. I don't think that's I, a, controversial take (laughs) an Astros uh Dodgers World Series is going to be something that I will watch because I'm an addict but not happy about it yeah um all right so let's go ahead and wrap up we are going to finish this episode and finish our regular season coverage um by concluding a game that we started at the beginning of the season which we called draft day Heroes and Hatchlings edition. Oh yeah, I always forget we have a song for this and every time yeah, we have like a song that. for this one. Some producer Chris Phillips for that song. Um, so, uh, if you have not heard any of the updates or, um, you know, familiar with this game, um, basically what we did is before the season started, we did a draft where we had to pick three players from the uh, 40 man and then three players who were not. And we had to predict, uh, we were trying to say who's going to have the most. Fangraphs war combined at the end of the season. Uh, ben had the first overall pick, and then we went back and forth. And we've been doing updates at every quarter of the season. Now we are doing this in the middle of the last the the last game has started. Yeah, since we've been recording. Yeah. Um, and when I today sat down to do these calculations, I thought there's one game left. There's no way like we've got six players on our boards. There's no way that like one game could have a likely impact on. Well, this final score. I I will say Arenado is in this game. Juan Yupez is in this game. Burleson's in this game. Dylan Carlson is in this game. And I believe all of those people we drafted. So something could happen. I'm just, just throwing that out there. 
Well, and Liberator is starting and Oviedo is starting, who we both also Oh, have. I didn't even think about that. <laughs> <laughs> so you, uh, you'll see. So it's, I will say, I'm going to run down the things, but. And oh this my is not, god! This is not decided, but I thought this was so ridiculous that I had to keep it yeah. in the episode because of. Uh, so I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go through it now. Okay. okay. So right. uh, in the uh, the first overall pick, Ben selected Paul Goldschmidt. Great pick. Um, Smart. It was pretty much obvious it was gonna be you, you're picking him or Arenado. You picked Goldie. Uh, Goldie ended with a seven point one, and that's locked in because he's not in the game today. Ooh, so. Ooh, ooh. Uh, huge season from Goldschmidt, likely MVP. Um, you know, gave your team a great floor. Next, you picked Tyler O'Neill. Uh, we already talked about him a lot. Wow, we talked about wow. him all season. Still yeah. giving you one point three though. So for hey. for all of how this season went, you know, could have been a lot worse. That's how good uh, he is. Then you have Harrison Bader, who is now back with the uh, Yankees yeah. and playing well. Uh, he is at 1.5, uh, which is what he was at the last time we checked in. So he's playing, but he hasn't had any changes, but at least he's back. Uh, Brendan Donovan, arguably your, your best pick for where you got him. You know, yeah. this was your fourth pick. Uh, he is at 2.7 and that is up from 1.8 from the last time he did this. So he's put up almost a full war in the last uh, 25% of the season. And I mean, coming in at almost three in your rookie year and not being a power guy, you've got to really be doing a lot of things well in order to achieve almost three war. And, yeah. uh, you know, I think that's, he's not going to win rookie of the year. Um, Cause it's he is not, in the conversation. He's in the conversation. Though. He should, yeah. be, you know, yes. and I think, he like if he were to win it, you would not call it a bad pick, but there's just some flashier, better, you know, more exciting yeah. players and and whatever. You Harris know. is going to win it. Yeah, exactly. And he's our, he's been better. So I'm not like upset yeah. about it. But Donovan is you know a high contender for rookie of the year. Uh, and then yeah. uh, here's where it gets a little more interesting. Uh, Johan Oviedo. He is at this before today's game. Uh, 0.6. What's uh, interesting is that the last time we checked in with him, he was at 0.1. So he's put up half a war since being traded to the uh, Pirates. And he generally okay, has been looking pretty good with, with the yeah. Pirates. He's had a, a mid three FIP uh, now on the season. And I we we have been fans of him. There's a reason you picked him, and I've been very much a fan of him as well. I I really think the Pirates are going to ultimately like be really happy with that trade, especially considering you know, yeah, Montana was a rental. Um, and finally, Alec Burleson, who uh, has been looking better, but unfortunately for you, uh, had a bit of a slow start and is at negative point three. Four. Oh, so I thought he was going to be positive at this point. No, yeah. That that one's that one's might be the killer. So that puts you yeah. for the for the whole game at twelve point nine f four. It's a pretty good, <laughs> pretty good uh, amount of war for you know six players from the Cardinals. Um, now me, Ben took Paul Goldschmidt. I took Nolan Arenado. Obvious, right? 
he ends before today's game with a 7.2. So actually doing better than, which is not that surprising though, when you consider his elite defense and the fact that he had one of the best offensive seasons of his career. Um, But it's almost more of a testament to Goldie's offensive season that they're at the same war when Arenado is doing what he does at third base every day. Sure. Yeah. Uh, Next, I took Dylan Carlson. It has felt like a disappointing year, but he's still at 2.4 F war. Hey. So if if your floor is two and a half war, um, that's not a bore. But I hope he can do more. Oh, my wow. God. <laughs> you kept going. I oh. think I can't wait to see him soar. Okay. Of that, I am sure. All right. I. Uh, <laughs> Adam Wainwright. <laughs> ben is like so disgusted right now. Um, yeah. Uh, Adam Wainwright. 2.8. Let's go. Yeah. He's been struggling a little bit lately, but even still, he was at 2.3 the last time we checked in. So um, still put up half a war in the last couple months. Uh, Nolan Gorman. 0.5. Womp womp, uh, which is disappointing because he was at one the last time yeah. we did this, so that's a decline for me. Uh, Juan Yepes, point one, which he was at point two last time we checked in, so uh, not great. And then Matthew Liberator is at a flat zero, so he stands to. <laughs> He's having a good start right now. He's having a good start. So I might be able to pick up a couple points right now. Um, (laughs) So I can tell this is going to be really close. Okay. So I was going to cut this because, but it's like, it's ridiculous. So yeah, Ben, your total is 12.9 F4. All right, let's go. Mine is a flat 13. Oh, come on. <laughs> so I have you right now by point one. So this game could actually this, swing this. It could. You need. Right. So you've got Oviedo, <laughs> Burley, Burleson, Donovan. And Donovan going. Yeah. And Although. Donovan is, did not start, so he could he'd have to come into the game. Oh yeah, you're right. He which probably will not happen. Probably not, but you never know. Yeah. Um, I've got Arenado, Yepes, Carlson, and Liberator. Four of my six, yeah. and three of your six, including Oviedo, yeah, who did give up two runs and has given up a bunch of hits. So it's not looking great for you but yeah you know a home run really would have Berlin. to go off yeah exactly yeah. so i've got a slight advantage going oh, in and man. i've got liberator who's starting well but you know all right it, it won't take much a single game you can swing point yeah. one in either direction so i will rerun this at the end of the game and we'll do an update you know next week but I could not believe oh, that. Oh my god! Yeah. Hey, this this turned out to be a good game. I know it's pretty remarkable just how close it was. I was yeah. running away with it for a little while, but yeah. then uh, you you know Donovan 
and Oviedo all, you know, really, really picked up for you. And, yeah. uh, Yepes and, um, Gorman really, uh, you know, took a step down and Carlson really didn't do much in the last month. So, uh, yeah. So, you know, it's, I think most likely right now, especially where we are in the game, I will hold on and win, but yeah, there's, there's still several innings. Hey, if, if there's Libertor intrigue gets, here. Yeah. yeah. If Libertor gets lit up, um, you know, I'm, I could get, I could, I could fall. So, so we'll see. I'll update us. Uh, we'll do a much. We'll do a much quicker update next week. Oh, when we, yeah. When we right. when we come back. So wow. Uh, so yeah, that'll do it. Uh, that's been a fun game, and and we did some bold predictions and stuff at the beginning of the season that we'll we'll go into whenever the whenever the postseason is done. We'll do a, a deeper breakdown of the of the full year and whatnot. Yeah. Um, uh, but yeah, that'll do it for this episode. So thank you everyone as always for being a part. It's been a fantastic regular season. One of the most memorable, I think that we've ever seen as Cardinal fans and, uh, you know, doing this podcast this whole time too, has been a lot of fun and made it feel even more like it of an eventful season. So thank you all for listening. Uh, the next time we are here one way or another, uh, we'll know how this postseason, uh, this this series against the Phillies has gone. Yeah. So, uh, we'll be watching it. We'll be in the bird scored. Now would be a great time to hop in. Uh, we'll be in there chatting hey, through all the games. You could come in for one month and bounce out. That's it's a not, great point. We don't. Yeah. You 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 subscribe. You're in. And if it's if you hate it, if you're like, oh god, Ben, really? We uh, don't blame you. We don't blame. Uh, yeah, honestly, it, it's the more it's the expected outcome. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, but yeah, come in, you know, for even for a month, hang out and you can bounce. That's fine. We get it. Um, so, uh, yeah, uh, I guess that'll be it for this episode. And we'll be back next week as always. And uh, until then, go Cardinals. Yeah. Take off work Friday, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs>